Good morning. In the series, Faith Lifts, we're discussing how to span the gap that seems to exist between God and us. We're learning a four-step approach that will turn our face toward God. And if we follow it, over time, get used to it, enable us to draw closer to him. It begins with, I look at me, and then you look at me, and you speak to me, and then I speak to you. It begins with, I look at me, you look at me, you speak to me, I speak to you. Um, if you turn on the back of your worship folder, there is a sheet there, has the front and the back filled out. On the back side of it, it has faith lifts at the top. We're going to review the first two points that we studied the last couple of weeks. We'll talk about you speak to me this week, then we'll look at I speak to you this week, and then next week we'll look at I speak to you. Um, I look at me, James writes, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires, the battle within you? You want something, but don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. What do you, what do you think? Scripture says about reason that the spirit he caused to live in us envies intensely. Um, as you see, there's three things that this text seems to talk about that are issues that we deal with. Craving, contempt, and conflict. Craving, contempt, conflict. James asks a question. What causes fights and quarrels among you? And then he answers it. It's craving, contempt, and conflict. He talks about desires that war within us. We don't have the luxury of wanting one thing. Disparity is a word that describes things that are unequal. And so we have disparate desires inside that don't line up. And so what that's going to mean is that we're going to deal with frustrated desires. That's a given. Now, the, the thing is how we're going to relate to those frustrate, frustrated desires. Um, God has placed a spirit inside. The text indicates that envies intensely. So when we experience frustrated desires and unfulfilled longings, there is a spirit in us that longs to assign blame. We will blame someone. As we looked at that clip last week of the monkeys, we're going to compare our state with someone, and we're going to fire a cucumber at somebody. We're going to fire it at ourselves because something's wrong with us. We're going to fire it at someone else because they have what we don't have. But we are going to get angry with someone. That's the state. That's what we find when we look inside. Um, we end up getting stuck in the craving, contempt, and conflict whirlpool. Craving, contempt, conflict. Craving, contempt, conflict. Craving, contempt. It spins us. Very difficult to get out. I look at me, and that's what we see. Now, not all of us see that. We don't know ourselves very well. God says that's what's going to happen if you look deep inside you. You'll find disparate desires, cravings. The inability to experience satisfaction is going to lead to contempt. Some of you, some of us, are going to 
focus the contempt inward, we will blame ourselves. Others will focus the contempt outwards. We will blame somebody else, but somebody will get blamed. And then conflict, we will fight with ourselves or with somebody else. I look at me. Then we talk about you look at me. Let's read the text. It says, everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. He is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and are going astray, since he himself is subject to weaknesses. So there's three things here. You see me, you sympathize with me, and you deal gently with me. God quiets the frustration that leads to resentment and remorse. By the way, that is really where resentment and remorse come from. Craving, contempt, and conflict means that we're going to resent what we, the situations we find ourselves in. And some of us are going to focus the blame out there, resentment, or focus the blame inside, remorse. Resentment, remorse, craving, contempt, conflict. In order to help us deal with that, God tells us three things. I see you. I see the craving. I see the contempt. And I see the conflict. God says, I see you. I see it. And I sympathize with you. Jesus came and experienced it. He never did, but he felt the gravitational pull. He gets it. He understands it. I see you. I sympathize with you. Here's this. It's, I deal gently with you. When God looks at you stuck in that whirlpool, he doesn't go, He understands it. He sees you too clearly. It doesn't surprise him. He's not disillusioned with you because he's not illusioned with you in the first place. He sees you. He sympathizes with you and he deals gently with you. That's how he quiets us. He experienced in Christ the gravitational pull of these forces. Although he didn't sin, he can sympathize with us and deal gently with us because he knows what it's like. He felt the pull. Now let's talk about you speak to me. What's that process? I look at me, craving contempt, conflict. You look at me. You see me. You sympathize with me. You deal gently with me. Then you speak to me. Read Psalm 46. Psalmist says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in an uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars to cease to the ends of the earth. 
He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shield with fire. Be still. Be still. And know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. This psalm talks about natural disasters. We will not fear, though the earth give way, the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging like Japan experienced. Natural disasters, social disasters, nations are in an uproar, kingdoms fall, he lifts his voice, the earth melts. In the midst of natural disasters, social disasters, war, storms, God says, be still. The word, the Hebrew word, is Rafa. Rafa. I'll tell you what Rafa means. Rafa means rest, relax, and there is an, a physical. We've talked about it before. Let your hands and your arms go limp. That's what Rafa means. It, there is a visual, there is a body thing that you do to do Rafa. You let your arms and hands go limp. It's really a weird feeling. We don't do this very often. You're going to try. Take your arms, take your arms, and let them hang limp at your side. Just let them hang there. Go ahead. It feels weird. Some of you say, I'm not going to do that. No, I don't care how many times you tell me. I'm not going to let my arms go. Craving contempt and conflict. That's what that It does feel weird, though, doesn't it? That's Rafa. Let your, okay. Feels unnatural, especially in light of frustrated desires. Do you agree? Frustrated desires and unfulfilled longings. Rafa doesn't seem to fit that very well. You know what frustrated desires say? When you have something that you don't want or want something that you don't have, desires are not very quiet. Desires say, well, don't just sit there, do something. I mean, don't just sit there, do something. I want this and I want that. Don't just sit there, do something. You know what God says? Don't just do something, sit there. Don't just do something, sit there. Be still. Now, there will come a time that you might have to write the letter or have the conversation. You'll have to make the to-do list. You'll have to boot up your computer. There's going to be a time for that. But the time is not right now. Look at yourself. See the desires, craving, contempt, and conflict. See him looking. I see you. I sympathize with you. I deal gently with you. Now hear him say, okay, this is going to be difficult. Put the phone down. Put the pen away. Close the computer top just for a little bit. Be still. Let your arms hang limp at your side. Hmm. When threatened, there are two occasions when we let our arms hang limp at our side. There's only, when we're threatened by something, 
And that's usually what desires are about. I want what's good, and I want you to get rid of what's bad. Desires usually congregate around a threat that I either want to get away from or a good thing that I want to be able to have. And um, when we are threatened by a situation, one situation where we let our arms go limp is when we're gripped with fear. When our adversary is so powerful that we have no thing to do except just to go. It says in Isaiah 13, 6 through 8, Wail, for the day of the Lord is near. It will come like destruction from the Almighty. Because of this, Rapha, all hands will go limp. When the judgment that comes, it's going to be, in the context You're going to see it. You're going to see the forces coming. You're just going to go. You're gripped by fear. It says, terror will seize them. Pain and anguish will grip them. They will writhe like a woman in labor. The one, there's one situation where you let your arm, your hands go limp. It's when you're gripped by fear. There's, there is another one. There's another one. Talks about it in Zephaniah chapter three. Not when you're gripped with fear, when you're gripped with love. You're gripped with love. Here's what it says. Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands rafa. Don't do that. The Lord, your God, is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. Isn't that neat? Did you like that? He will quiet you with his love. Love and fear cancel each other out. We become afraid. You know what God does to decrease our fear? He quiets us. Be still. And he tells us about his love. And you know what ends up happening? When he tells us about his love, something begins to shift. Our understanding of love goes up and our fear goes down. It doesn't stay down, but that's the way it works. Perfect love drives out fear. Uh, as he will quiet you with his love, he will rejoice over you with singing. What happens, there is a threat, and what the what Zephaniah says, look who's behind you. It's God. He's going to quiet you with his love, and so therefore, the arms can go limp, not because they're gripped with fear, but gripped with love. You know, I, I, he's got this. He's got this. He can deal with And he can deal with, because he loves me, and he's committed to me. And therefore, I don't have to fight this battle because he will. Um, When Moses was going into the promised land with the Israelites in Deuteronomy chapter 31, it's in your worship folder, it's over on the front side. Deuteronomy 31, 7 and 8. Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, be strong and courageous. For you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their forefathers to give them. And you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never rafa you. That's what it says. He will never rafa you or forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. What he's saying you can afford to let your arms go limp because God will never let his arms go limp. He will never become 
inactive. He will always be with you. He will see what you're going through. He will contend with what you contend with. You can afford to let your hands, in this text, go rapa because God will never allow his hands to. Craving contempt conflict. Craving contempt conflict. I see you. I sympathize with you. I deal gently with you. Be still. I know it's scary. Be still. And then he says some things to us. He speaks to us. He says, be still. He says, I am God. I am God. Um, what does that mean? We're moving towards pouring our hearts out to God. We'll talk about that next week. Before we speak to God, God must speak to us. I think that's true. I think that's true. Before we speak to God, we need to hear God speak to us, not audibly, but we need to think about what God says. Otherwise, what ends up happening, and I'm sure you've done this, I've done this in prayer, where you look around at what you want and don't have and craving contempt and conflict and you want to get out and you're trying to look at the checkbook and you're looking at the calendar and you're looking at this and that and the other and you're trying to figure out how am I going to get the resources to deal with this and you think, okay, that's right, I'm supposed to pray about this. I, God, I really need, and you know what the deal is when we pray like that? It's really just in some senses, and that's okay, but it's just discharging tension toward the heavens because we really haven't thought about who we're talking to. It's just worrying out loud, worrying to the sky, worrying. It's We really don't think of who we're talking to. And that's why God says, I want you to see me looking at you. Do that. Now, again, don't look at but I see you. I understand why you're pulled in every which way. I see it. I sympathize with you. I understand what it feels like. I deal gently with you. My eyes aren't bugging out. I'm not afraid for you. I never get afraid. I have nothing to fear. I'm God. I'm God. And you need to hear me, him, say that. I am God. Think of who you're talking to. I am God. Huh. What does that mean? I'm God. It means a couple of things. It means, not that, <laughs> it does mean that, actually it does mean that, that's what it does mean, that's what we're going to get to, you're in good hands, but why are you in good hands, because a couple things, number one, because God says I will be exalted, um, it says be still and know that I am God, I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth, exalted means high up. Something is exalted is up there. It's it's up above things. Um, and that's what he says. I am up there. I remember, I think I told you once, I guess, I don't know why I didn't figure this out. That's when I was taking off. first plane trip I took was going to college, University of Pennsylvania. I used to thumb rides down there for some reason. I, I flew and flew out of Logan Airport in Boston. It was raining. So then we, we ascended, and, and I don't know what I was thinking, but we were in the rain and in the clouds, and all of a sudden, we came above the level of the clouds. 
I was really surprised that it was sunshine and it, and up above the level. That's where God's going to be. I will be exalted. I'm not stuck underneath circumstances. He's above them. I guess a, a way we can put it, what God says, be still. I'm going to come out on top. That's not arrogant. He's not bragging, not trash talking. He says, my purposes will be fulfilled. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. I'm going to come out on top. It might look like that's being challenged now, but in the end, I am going to accomplish my... And you know why that is? He says, because I am God. God Almighty. I've always existed. always will exist. I'm God. Um, and he says, I will be Helios. You say, where do you get that from? Look what it says in Hebrews 8, 12. Hebrews chapter 8, verses 10 through 12. No, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12. Sorry, just that text. I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sin no more. Uh, literally translated, I will forgive. It's, it's, it's not, that's a verb. But the literal text is, I will be, and then it gives a noun. An adjective, really. I will be Helios. It's not, I will forgive. The, the literal rendering, I will be Helios. That's the Greek word. Okay. You can remember that or not, but at least remember what it means. He said, I will be Helios, and that's interesting, to their unrighteousnesses. And just listen to me. God's anticipating that you're going to do unrighteous things. You're going to do things wrong. You're going to be caught in craving, contempt, and conflict, and you're going to make some bad decisions. And what God says, I am God. I will be Helios. Helios means, and I just clipped this right from a Bible dictionary, it meant originally cheerful, joyous, kindly, gracious, and benevolent to your unrighteousnesses when you do things wrong, not when you do things right. That too. You know what the deal, you know what this text is saying? Again, the, the qualities, cheerful, joyous, kindly, gracious, benevolent. Okay, go ahead. Be doing good things. It's good to do good things. God smiles kindly, good, gracious, cheerful, benevolent. smile. Now do something wrong. If you see him, you know what you see? Smiling, kind, good, cheerful, gracious, benevolent. God will be non-reactive. It's not that he goes, don't we do, don't we automatically, I told you this before, my dad had a great look. It was it was a combination of three things. You had to, and I don't do it perfectly, but I've been practicing. It involves a sigh. I can't do the, it's just, it's just this thing, my dad, you could do it with some volume, and, and there is, the, there's the, then there's the sigh, and then there's the facial. So here's kind of the way it goes. So you're doing something wrong, and it, it's kind of that, and I don't know. So you, you know, you got 
So you got the, you know what we end up doing? We end up superimposing that on his face. When you do something wrong, you imagine that God, you know what he is? If you really see him, what he promises, I'm going to be Helios. You do things wrong and I'm not going to, it's not going to bother me. I'm not going to be reactive to it. Um, that's what that's what the verse says. I am God. I will be Helios to your unrighteousness. Not just forgiving, but non-reactive. We see, this seems out of character. We we and why is it that when we think of God, what does God think about all day? Good and evil, right? Looking down at the Republicans, and geez, I don't feel good about that. Or the Democrats, geez, I don't feel good about that. Now, Jesus, get over here. I'm not sure what we're going to do here. If he becomes the candidate, that's not a good thing. If she becomes a candidate, that's not. We we tend to think that God is preoccupied with good and evil. Where does that come from? Do you think he's preoccupied with good and evil? He thinks about all day. Good, bad, good, bad. You know, you know where that comes from? You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The serpent indicated to Eve, you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And you know what we do? We're so busy looking at Eve and wondering what she's going to do. And we know we're so busy looking at Eve that we didn't hear the lie. It went down like a pill when you're trying to give your kid a pill and you bury it in the pudding, you know, so you give him a big thing of pudding, there's a little pill in it, and he doesn't even know he took the pill. We don't even know we took the pill. Does God speak good and evil? Is that the language God speaks? Here's what Jesus, somebody asked, what good thing must I do Somebody asked Jesus to inherit eternal life. Here's what Jesus says. Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there's only one who is good. Oh, okay. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> or, Jesus, maybe they did that to him. Okay, who knows. I'll, I'll practice that. I'll get there. Um, somebody said, it wasn't what good thing, but good teacher, what must I do? And Jesus said the same thing. Why do you call me good? No one is good. We call it alone. You know what the serpent ended up saying? God speaks good and evil. That's what he speaks. You ask him, and that's what you're going to come up with. Good, bad, good, bad. Somebody said that to Jesus. Ah, Jesus, a good teacher, why do you speak to me about what is good? I don't speak that language. Well, wait, whoa, you're God. I know I am. No, I am. God exists in a place where good and evil doesn't exist. Only God exists. Do you understand what I'm saying? If God has to banish evil, then evil exists up there with him. Does evil exist with God? He's God. He existed first before anything existed. God is not trying to figure out how to usher evil out of the universe. Because he existed at a time there was nothing. He's not threatened by evil. Somebody said, okay, good teacher, but why do you, you know what Jesus tells us? God doesn't speak the language 
the serpent said, God speaks. You understand that? This is what you say, so what, Mike? When God looks at you, he's not thinking good, evil. Good, evil. You know what God is saying to you? I see the craving, contempt, and conflict. I see it. And I sympathize with you. And I deal gently with you. God would say, listen to me. Be still. Before you take the machete and try to go after that thought, look who you're talking to. Be still. I am God. I'm going to be exalted. I will be Helios to your unrighteousnesses. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So it says, keep your lives free from the love of money. Be content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Never will I leave you. Anybody like boats? Boating? Remember getting ready? It's about that time. Moving into that time. Boating, 70s outside. The word for leave describes what happens when you untie the boat from the mooring. Untie. That's what it means when God says, I will never leave you. I will never untie you. You know what that means? You will never be cast adrift. Sometimes we feel like we're drifting through life. We feel aimless, directionless. We feel like we're going to hit a waterfall somewhere and we're going to go to a very nasty end. That's the way it feels. And again, because we're not getting what we want and there's something we blame and so we think this is going to happen forever and this is going to spin me. And So you don't understand what we're saying. When you look at you, that's what you see. And what God says, I see you. I understand how you feel. I sympathize with you. I deal gently with you. Listen to me. Be still. I am God. I'm going to be exalted. I will be Helios. I will never cast you adrift. I will never cast you adrift. I will never untie the line so that you are wandering along some perilous pathway. I will never do that. That's what he says to you. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. I know we have some Marines here. Semper Fi. Always faithful. Semper Fidelis. You know what that means? I believe that a Marine will never leave another Marine on the field of battle. He will never leave a Marine behind. Semper Fi. Semper Fi. I will not. That's what God is saying. Semper Fi. I will never leave you behind. Never. I'll never go over my shoulder. Okay, if you're going to deal with that problem, that's all I can do. You know, I'll just, you, if you're going to think that way, okay. He'll never do that to you. Hmm. If that's true, that you're in good hands. You're in good hands. Um, there's a number of different ways you try to do this. I want to think you connected to God, connected to 
You, God. Good. You, connected to God, connected to good. That means you are connected through God to, but there's things in your life that don't feel good. Right? Absolutely. And you're lying if you're saying, no, Mike, I'm good. (laughs) You've got things in your life that aren't good. How do you know that? Because that's what the Bible says. You have things that you have and don't want, things that you want and don't have. And you're blaming somebody for that. And sometimes you get angry and and you try to fight that. You try to push that down and you focus on pushing down your anger and you focus on that. You say, wait a minute, I can get this. Yeah. Wait a minute. Cucumber that way. Some of us throw cucumbers up that way. Uh, and, and, And you know what God wants you to do? Well, you know by now, don't you? Look at you. I look at me. Admit what's there. God already sees it. Right? Right? I look at me. Then, step two. Again, I'm repeating, repeating, repeating. I want you to remember this, by the way. I want you to be able to think about this when you go to bed. What were those four things? How did they go? I look at me. God, I'm frustrated with this day. I don't like what I see in the family. I don't I don't like what I see at the job. And it'd be nice if I could land on one place because at one level I really like my job. On the other, I don't like it at all. And I can't make sense of it. I kind of think that it's... Be- and we get caught in different things. I look at me. That's what... And, and I blame me. It must be my fault. Or it's her fault. It's his fault. I need another husband. I need another wife. I need another something. And so we look at us and we admit it. I look at me. Second thing is, you look at me and we think. You see me. You understand why I'm frustrated. Hmm. You're not surprised. You sympathize with me, you deal gently with me. Okay, and you're, where you, you say something to me, what do, you, what do you want to say to me? Be still. And you tell me, I am God, and I'm going to be exalted, and I will be Helios, and never will I leave you, and never will I forsake you. And you say, I'm in good hands. And you know what's going to happen next? We'll talk about it next week. And I want you to listen to me. Because sometimes we think about those things, and we use it like a mental corset. I can't be angry. I can't be afraid. That's not where this is going. Do not use this as a muzzle. Because you know what God wants you to do? He wants you to talk to Him. Honestly. And not just say, God, thank you for the weather. God, I'm afraid. I don't like where I am. I like this, but I don't like that. He wants you to have a relationship with Him. He wants you to speak freely with Him. What will, what will happen then? You know what will happen if you walk through life with God? Will He eliminate your tension? I want you, we we got to be careful with this. Is God going to give you everything you want? Absolutely not. Is it easier to hold on to frustrated desires? And you have them. When you can hold on to the hand of somebody who says, I see you, I sympathize with you, I deal gently with you, is that easier? Could you, would that make it easier to think, to go through life today? How about the next day? You know, it will. That's why he says it. He doesn't want you to go through life alone. 
want you to look at him, but we we can't just jump to talking to him. That's why we worship team come on up. We we take it in steps. Take it in steps. I'm not going to tell you because I've said it about a zillion times. I want you to close your eyes. Close your eyes. What's the first step? Think of just in your mind. Peek at the sheet if you need to. I look at me. And what the Bible says, craving, attempting conflict, what's the second step? Okay. I look at me, you look at me. You say, you see me, you sympathize with me, you deal gently with me. Then you talk to me. You say, be still. I am God. I will be exalted. I will be Helios. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. You're in good hands. Now what you want is for me as a son, your son and your daughter, to come and express myself to you. We'll talk about next week. God, thank you for what you desire of us. Thank you for telling us things that allow us to be honest with you, to speak our hearts, and to walk through life with you one day at a time. Father, thank you for the things you tell us about yourself and your encouragement that we allow these things to be in our heads. Think about them. Change the way we think about you. Move us towards being able to be more authentic with you, which is critical. Um, Thank you for speaking to us, telling us, be still, you're God, you will be exalted. Helios, you never leave us or forsake you. Never cast us adrift. Never leave us behind. We're in good hands. More and more, would you help us to believe that? It doesn't happen overnight. Would you move us towards believing that? Slowly? Surely? Move us towards authenticity? Slowly? Surely? Change our heart. In Jesus' name. Amen.